You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. What do you reckon now? Yeah. I think now's the time. Yep. We just crash this through this song. Yep. I, don't, I don't know who these guys are. No. Just maybe tell them to get out. They turn up every week, though. I know. They're quite reliable. Uh, bass player's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> 1202 3RRR FM, a very, very good uh, afternoon to you all. Welcome to the afternoon mm. on 3RRR. Uh, the show you are listening to is called Eat It, and um, why am I speaking like that? You, what's, what's your name? Uh, I'm Matt Stedman, and you are Cam Smith. Good to see you again for another week. Correct. Speaking of good to see, scientists. Oh, them. Bravo as usual for like the, Shane like and the Einstein Stoic look from Shane. Oh, yes, he's... Like he's facing down hordes of ignorance. He's the master of all he surveys. He is, look at that. Yes, that's Dr. right. Shane, yes. Pontificating as well. And they did very well. They um, did? Yes, they did. Um, they spoke about SpaceX. Did they? With that, that little roadster that's now, that's now firing out into outer space. That was a good moment. Ooh. That's supposed to be on silent, Cameron. It was on silent. <laughs> yeah, good on. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. You've just crashed the show, mate. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Texting during the show. Yes, I thought I told you about this. Yeah. Um, we've got a um, we've got a um, we've got a show. Yes, and it's um, it's it's a mixture. It's it it's it's like a melange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a like com- a trifle. It's like a compounded chocolate. Yes, uh, no trifle. Trifle's good because you get layers. Yeah, layers. Compounded mm-hmm. chocolate probably isn't a great thing. Really, it's mm-hmm. not something to aspire to, is it? Really, um, something that's been happening. Um, We've we've noticed a lot of things, the changes in in, in zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a wanker! Um, no changes in the way that we think things. Um, the Me Too movement, very very important and yes. a, a great change that's been happening. But uh, mental illness as as a subject, mm-hmm. growing up was just completely taboo. You just mm. don't go there. Just get over it. Just get over it. Why don't you just cheer up? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> or as I put into. Uh, an acronym HTFU, which is hardened the. Ah, right. Yes, that's here. Didn't see what I did then. I don't mm. have to put in money in the swear jar there. <laughs> um, but what is um, going to be happening at the Arbury on Monday? Arbury. Tomorrow, yes, mm. um, is of course a thing called Food for Thought, and it's um, a get together and a, 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 a an awareness and a raising of funds. Yes, um, for Beyond Blue. And uh, food for thought. So, uh, Nick Nick Bennett is here, who's the chef of the Arbury, that August institution that used to be a railroad platform. Dude, I was there yesterday, and once again, just remarking on how busy it is. So, Arbury, if you haven't been there, is the the bar slash kitchen that's on um, what is it, the southern side of Flinders Street Station, so right on the northern bank of the Yarra. Used to be the Sandringham Line, right? Yes, yeah, Sandringham been, yes. Line. Now it's in like Harry Potter Land. 13 and a half or something like yes. that. Um, anyway, Nick's here. Mm. We're going to talk to him about uh, that, uh, what he what he likes to cook, those sausage rolls that we were telling. The excellent sausage rolls, yes. Um, and the fact Raymond Capaldi may be wrapping the mo- – stop that. <laughs> Raymond Capaldi, a uh, great chef and now making pies, is um, – it might be helping those out. So, mm. so we're going to have a chat to him about all that. We then go to market, which I've already been chastised by Matt because – I was sent out with orders. The orders <laughs> yes. were... Let's keep it snappy. Keep it snappy, Cam. Yeah. At what time did you want? Look, I said, I said aim for about nine minutes. <laughs> Knowing you, I knew we'd end up with 12 and that would be fine. What did I come with? 15. 15. 
But they're great minutes. They're great. They're in really good minutes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just threatening to speed it up on this little electronic device we have here, and you can all talk like chipmunks. Very speeded, uh, John, which could be good. John the Castrati. <laughs> Coming through to you. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have a chat to John about market and what his picks of the week are. Yes. And uh, then we're going to have a chat um, to a PhD candidate at Deakin. Mm. Uh, her name is Erin Cummings. Her mastermind subject is... Phyto, no, not phyto, seaweeds, seaweeds. Which, uh, which, are, which are algae, apparently. And you might sit back and go, well, what, what, what's that got to do with me? Yeah. Well, why should I like Why should I care about seaweeds? It's green and it's awful. <laughs> and slimy sometimes. Yeah, and slimy. Um, but, um, hey, man, it's valid, all right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> now we're going to look into um, to the growing of seaweed in Australia. Yes. What sort of varieties you can eat. Maybe just get an idea of the uh, three... There are a few different types. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have a chat about seaweed and maybe find out about some unexpected uses of seaweed. Ooh. Mm. There's a tease. That's, a te- that's coming up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, because I've done a 15-minute interview, we probably shouldn't tarry and we should get uh, Nick in here. Well, I was going to ask briefly, though, because I'm intrigued because uh, this week you brought something out of your kitchen that has not come out of it before. No, it was the very first time it's actually been in my kitchen. It's been something I've been aspiring to for a long time. And we're talking about your very first ever homemade <laughs> creme brulee. It's the noise it makes. <laughs> Just briefly, yeah. how'd you do your creme brulee? Did you like it? I, I, I bloody loved it. Nice. I probably made a little bit too much. Right. Um, we ate them together personally, and we both sort of went into sort of like a creme brulee dangerous torpor. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like a sort of glucose over, like this OD of sugar. The brulee bliss. I was like, oh, oh it's a little bit more than that. Away like, with the fairies. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> but uh, my good buddy, uh, Jason, who mm. I doubt is listening. Jason, are you listening? Why aren't you listening to the show? He's a great neighbour. And yes. um, I was telling him, mate, I'm, I'm doing a brulee. And he goes, have you got a water bottle? And I went, that's mm-hmm. the look I gave. <laughs> I, I went, what? what on earth are you talking about? And he goes, mate. This is the way you do a brulee. On one side, it's like these two elements, mm. the yin and yang, right? Mm. So you've got fire yes. and you have water. <laughs> yes. right? Very so elemental, the, yes. Yeah, you're working with me. It's good. You're indulging me. You almost gave me the wind up there, but you're scratching your back instead. Um, so the idea is that you hit it with a brulee torch or the, yep. the gas torch yep. and it's going. It's cooking. It's going. Yep. But what happens is the water sort of tempers it a little bit. So therefore, you don't get these burnt bits on the top while the underneath is not cooked. So, so you're doing this in the water? Like, is this like in a little water bath? No, or no, no, no. no. Little spray bottle. Okay. Just a little oh, atomizery okay. bottle. So you're just going, and then, and it's great because then the person you're making the brulee with, you say, you can help with the brulee. You will assist with yes. the brulee making, and everybody feels like they're all part of the thing. And it uh, makes for you can make a very a thicker toffee on top. Yep. And it's more even, and it rocks. So there yeah. you go. And brulee torches, uh, what fifty bucks, and they're bloody awesome. Get the one. Oh, my one recommendation is yep. you can get two different types. You get the one that you go, you fill from a, 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 a gas thing, butane or? refill yes. thing, mm-hmm. or you have one that just sits on the top of those ubiquitous. Um, sort of like hairspray size. God, I'm showing my age. Hairspray size um, gas canisters mm-hmm. that you just on, yep. on top of, mm-hmm. um, and they are so powerful. Oh, really? Like you know how you can. Corporate doesn't stand you know a chance. You, 
you can sort of get your hand over a flame and you yeah. work out how hot it is. Yeah. If you get this brulee torch too close to your hand, you will burn it. <laughs> like I did that to try and take. Oh, really? I wonder how hot that. Wow, jeez, that's really hot. So, uh, yeah, brulee torches rock. But use the little spritzy bottle of water as well. Yeah, spritzy bottle of water. Thank you, yeah. Josh. And also, um, that is something not for children. That's quite yes. serious. That, that it's like we we trust children with knives in kitchens and yes. things like that. That's not the brulee torch. But if yet. you're going to do it, well, just super supervised. Yeah. 1210, 3, 3 R. You're listening to Eat It with Cam and Matt. Yes. And we'll be back with Nick just after these massages. I'm going to get him. Sure. Yes, as Matt does the countdown mantra. Thank you for that. That's all right. 25th of February, Triple R Barbecue Day. Rescheduled, obviously, after being cancelled last. Due to inclemency. Be good to see you down there. Yeah. It's always a good day. Yes. Joseph Abud's coming. With yes. his Middle Eastern flavours. Yes. And Nick Formosa has promised he's going to come and make uh, granitas using um, dry ice. Mm. Nick Bennett, very, very good afternoon to you. Man about town and uh, a man striding the, uh, what was the station at uh, Flinders Street? Uh, I think it was, as we said, the old Sandringham yeah. line. Yeah, I think so, the old Sandridge line. Yeah, yeah. Sandringham. Oh, Sandringham. Sandringham. Mm. Going to the south. Um, how the hell are you? You, yeah. you, you? you got a day off. I'm good. You know, I've had a great day. Good do morning. You, do you, you do six days? No, no, definitely not. We all do five days. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Everyone has two days off. That'd be good for your mental health. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. I think it's I think it's something that has to happen. Uh, you, know, you, you you need your days off. You need your time away. Because let's face it, one of the the great aspects the the most one of the most confronting aspects of this um, this industry that um, that you are in is the fact that we burn through our human resource. We just we flog them. Um, we we give them unbelievable hours that they have to work and we expect that they just arrive every day with their mouths shut and a yeah. smile fixed in their place and uh, with clean hands, clean uniform and hopefully not too many illegal substances mm. coursing through <laughs> their veins, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yet this industry, a terrible toll is is taken. Yeah, and, definitely. And most obviously we saw with um, one of the elders, elder statesmen, I suppose, of this industry, Jeremy Strode, mm. last year in mm. Sydney, who sadly took his own life. Yeah. Have you seen instances of this? I haven't, no. No, no. I haven't. I've, look, you do see people going through hard times, definitely. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. But we've, we've kind of become more evolved on that. And I think the very event that you guys are doing tomorrow... Um, is a great signpost of that. So tell us about yeah. what you're doing and how it came into being. Yeah, so we're, we're running an event. Um, it's called Food for Thought. So a friend of mine, Mel Mears, is the founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked with me uh, in 2012 at Trocadero. A couple of footy seasons ago. A couple yes. of footy seasons ago. Yes. Yeah, what was look, Trocadero, just to give people an uh, idea? At the Van Handel Group. It's now Fato. Yes. So just across the river from where I work. Um, and... I, just after that, he started up this food for thought. I think having a few tough times himself, and he thought, you know, oh, did he? Yeah. "I want to, I want to raise awareness." Yes. Yep, and some much-needed money. Yes. To go towards Beyond Blue and Are You Okay? And um, he approached you for this? Yeah. Look, he's been running a series of dinners over the last couple of years, and he's raised a little bit of money so far, which has been fantastic. And um, he came to us and. He said, look, would you like to do something? We've got some dinners happening in Melbourne and, we'll, you know, maybe you could brew a beer or something and we could, the proceeds could go to it. And we we're like, no, well, let's, let's, let's throw a party or not a party, but let's have a gathering and, you know, somewhere where we can 
talk about it and get it in people's faces. Yes. And, and you know, actually raise some money while we're doing it. All right. So th- that's going to happen. So we've got mm. uh, cocktails and canapes. Cocktails so and canapes. So yeah. finger food and some interesting things to drink mm-hmm. will be the go. Um, apparently, you've already got a few people that have booked, but there's room for a few more, which is, is kind of good. Yep. It is $100 per head. Yep. Is that right. exclusive? All that money going to the... Um, All of it. Everything we raise is going everything. to be split between Beyond Blue and Are You OK? Are You OK? And Beyond Blue, this is um, mm-hmm. this is good. So equally for, for those sort of things, it's, as Matt said, some pretty bloody heavy hitters here. Yeah, I mean, we've had a really good response from chefs. Yes. We went around asking quite a few chefs, and, you know, we've got some amazing talent Mm. that have, you know, decided they can be a part of it. Yeah, put their their hands up. So who have we got? Yeah, so we've got Mel Mears, obviously, the founder. Yeah, Um, you get a a seat. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You're coming. Um, You're here. Yeah. Uh, So then we've got Sean Quaid, uh, Ray Capaldi, Donovan. Where's Sean Quaid from? So Lume, restaurant Lume, and that's uh, in South Melbourne. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, um, we've got yep, Ray Capaldi, as I said, who's... Ray, now, Raymond Capaldi, yep. which I will not do a Scottish accent <laughs> for once. Yep. Yes. Uh, Donovan Cook, yes. who's just recently opened Ryan. Fabulous in, elder statesman. Yep, amazing. A, uh, amazing guy. Yep, very good. Uh, who's, who's probably... He's probably had an interest... You know, when you think about that and this where we've come from, because he's come from that brutal end mm. of cooking, of just, you know... Frying pan throwing, yep. abuse hurling chefs, mm. and he was one himself. Let's mm. face it. I mean, you know, he was. You wouldn't want to well, split the anglaise with if you, if you get trained you, like that. I think yeah. that's that's how you're taught. And and yeah. maybe part of that whole thing is stopping that because mm. there are so many areas of of humanity where people, as they grow up, get bastardized for some reason. And and then what they do is then you seem to be allowed to then perpetuate that. You know, that's sort of the, this is then your rite of passage that you have to go through. Mm, yeah. And anyway, I've, I've just yeah. cut across as you're reading a list, so my apologies yes. for that. But, but there was just a thought that, you know, here is someone who's experienced that, yeah. who's probably had a oh. bit of an epiphany himself. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Donovan jumped at the chance. Did he really? Part of it. It was, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, okay. You know. So ex- first of all, excuse me for um, <laughs> cutting across your list. That's all right. Uh, we've got T. Lee, yes. who uh, has anchovy in Richmond. Ooh, yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've also got Matt Stone. Uh, from Oak Ridge Winery and Joe Barrett. Yes, who I know won't be listening right now because okay. they are in their busiest service of the week. Yep, they will be busy. Up there at uh, Oak Ridge. So yep. they've all come together and they will be sharing the kitchens and uh, preparing the... Uh, the canapé. So each, each chef is preparing a canapé. Yes. So there'll be eight different canapés on the night. Uh, do we, you know what they are, of course. Well, uh, we, we know a few. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to talk about it? Um, <laughs> I, there was one that was just interesting. What was it? We were running again. We were talking about the gay time pie yep. or something like that. What was yep. it? Golden gay time pie. Golden gay time pie by Ray. Bloody hell. Um, they're amazing. <laughs> so he's doing a little mini golden gay time pie. So I yes. think it's a set custard in the middle and then gay time crumbs on top. Gay time all around. Yeah, delicious. With Raymond. Um, that sounds good. And there's any others that you're looking forward to seeing what they or tasting what they, uh, they create? Yeah, definitely. I think um, T. Lee's doing a, a sort of a fermented sausage with quail, which will be amazing. Really? Yeah, it's sounding really good. Cooked over charcoal. <laughs> yes, yeah. Matt's laughing. Um, and, uh, and and what are Matt and Joe doing? Just uh, I think Joe's doing uh, Jersey curds, tomatoes, mm. and nectarine. And Jersey curds, tomatoes, and nectarine together? Together. Yeah. God, they're spooky. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> Joe spooky. Joe Barrett's doing a uh, gin and orange ice cream sandwich. 
<laughs> Come and along the, and the booze, the booze, the booze. With, with it's, booze. it's our standard offer, so right. it's it's everything. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we've had a lot of suppliers generously donate enough for the night, so we can, yes. we can just have our bar open. Really? Mm. Gosh. Okay. Well, it sounds like a great thing. How do people? Um, you just rock up. You have to book. Yep. So you've got to book. Jump on the Arbury website. Easy. Yep. And there's a there's a link to it there. Mm. Oh, that sounds great. Now, um, so that's it. First, we have to say, look, what a, a great worthy cause. A uh, hundred. How many hours does it go for? It goes for three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've got we've also got some uh, silent auctions on the night. We've got some fantastic prizes, and we've got Alice in frames. Who Alice Zavlasky. Yes. G'day, Alice, if you're listening. Say g'day, Alice. I haven't hey, seen, Alice. seen her for a while. <laughs> yeah, well so that sounds really, really good. Um, what are you up to for the rest of your day off? Uh, not too much. Just sort of relaxing. <laughs> hey, you're looking at it, right? <laughs> but uh, as Matt was saying, you've been busy multitasking and getting stuff done. Yeah, this morning. Pretty productive. Six o'clock. Six o'clock pancakes. Pancakes. With Ruby. Yeah, what sort of pancakes? Uh, we did buckwheat pancakes. Buckwheat. Yeah. Buckwheat. buckwheat pancakes. With um, a bit of fruit on top. Uh, buttermilk? No. No, 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 we didn't have any buttermilk in the house. Yeah, we um, and you, as you left the house, you left um, <coughs> beef ribs at uh, 200 and... 200 Fahrenheit. 200 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, uh, smoking so, away. Smoking away. They're very happy and yeah. they will be joyously awaiting your return. They will be. What do you drink with beef ribs? Oh, I haven't thought about that. Oh, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Thing, things to contemplate on the day. Are you still doing Sailor's Grave beer? Um, I think we are still doing some sale of great. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's just one of my yeah. old buddies are doing stuff yeah. there. Well, look, first of all, congratulations on um, being active in this sphere and well done to the Arbury. Yeah. Matt is a huge fan. Oh, actually, you had a question, didn't you, Matt? Did I? Yeah, how many covers do you guys do? Oh, that's do? right. Because yeah. the Arbury obviously is just extraordinarily huge. busy. Yeah. Big. How, many covers, how many plates do you do a day? So meals a day we might do up to uh, – sorry, meals a week in summer we probably do close to 8,000. And this is including chips and basic stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a lot. The we get a lot of people. The, for the fryer stuff. Some, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we do a, a pretty broad range of things. But, yes. yeah. Yeah, including everything. It's close to, you know, eight to 10,000 meals a week. It's a busy place. And mm. we didn't even get to talk about the, uh, the floating arbory down there on no, the river, no. which is... Um, That's where the event will be held. Oh. On their float. Good lucky. <laughs> That's great. And um, we were also commenting one last thing before we let you go is the fact that... A great place to work is the Arbury because this is one of the few places where you have your kitchen and you have a view. So mm. you can be working really hard, but every time you look up from maybe the Brunoise and go, wow, this is really nice. Um, <laughs> That's it's, right. It's a good place. Yeah. Congratulations on what you Thanks. guys are doing. All success to you. Um, we'll be interested to maybe follow up. Let us know how the how the night went. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll do. And look forward to seeing you down there. Great. Thanks, Cam. You are listening to Eat It on 3RRFM with Cam and Matt. Maybe some music, Cam, and you, uh, you've got control of the jukebox this week. I have control. Your Spotify threw up an interesting tune you hadn't heard for a while. I did indeed, and um, it goes something like this. Of course, this is the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and uh, with the song White Palms. And we say goodbye to Nick Bennett as he goes <laughs> back home for his ribs and something to drink. Indeed, they are 12, mm. 27 and a half here on 3 RRFM. You're listening to Eat It. And, of course, now is the time where we use the devices to record <laughs> something that was already said. And in this case, it's John at the market and goes like this. All right, here we are, folks. It's the uh, Queen Victoria market. It's uh, a little bit overcast and uh, there's not really and a lot spitting. of people. And it's spitting. And I think it might be keeping a, a few people away. But the good news is 
I can't hear it. Coffee time. John's pouring me a cup of coffee, which uh, great honour. We've got uh, we've got iced coffee today. Yes, I'm too hot, so we need something cool. Well, is this uh, sort of the way that you refer to yourself as being hot in hot weather? Hot, hot, hot weather, mate. I thought you were hot. hot I'm too hot for that uh, hot coffee. Thank you, John. How do you make this? Is this made in a bialetti? Yes, with a bialetti. This is. Um, Two by uh, six cut machines done. Joseph's in. <laughs> anyway, here we go. And yes. um, we make that the night before. And mm. when it's cold, we boil the milk and we put it into the thermos. And when it's hot, we put the ice and we put it into the thermos. So we don't drink rubbish coffee. No way. Life is too short for rubbish coffee. And we have scones. Oh, well, they're nice. We've, Franca um, loves me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You must be um, making her be very agreeable to you, John. Must yes, be yes. must be doing something right. All right, we're moving because uh, we haven't got a lot of time. I'm staying on the stopwatch. Uh, we've got like about. We're going to try for a nine minute report today. We'll see how we go. Um, first of all, backtracking because we didn't actually explain the fact that um, um, that you're back at the market and uh, the fact that you've uh, you've undergone some pretty major constructions in the shoulder area. So congratulations on that and making it back. Yeah, thank you. We're back to normal. Yeah. We started just before Christmas and mm. cheers. And then we had a, a two-week uh, break again because it was too hot, too quiet. Yep. So now we're back into it again. Uh, we've had people coming looking for sauce tomatoes and I've kept them happy, um, except for the girls that came out this morning. They wanted six and I only had one box left. Say la vie. Hey. What do you, you know, you, you can't have everything. Um, I'm looking around. <coughs> I thought I'd just start with, um, there seems to be a lot of different uh, mangoes around at the moment. Late season. Um, I was down the corner there. Who now? What were their names? Belinda and... Belinda and... Um, Italians oh. that have been around for, <laughs> for years and years. Anyways, you come out the dairy doors. They've got a lot of great fruit. Um, but they had these things called pearl avocados. Uh, very, very brightly coloured. Um, Orangey, orange to, to yellow, um, but uh, three for five bucks. Yeah, you can say anything you like. I haven't seen them and I don't care because Kensington other than the Kensington Pride, Pride and yeah. maybe the Honey Gold that comes out of Mildura, there ain't no other mangoes. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Except, Calypso? Uh, nah. 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 Unless you get the green ones and you're making a, oh, that's a, a salad. Yes, that Robbie's got next door. Yeah, then we're talking. Other than that, we're not talking, all right? So get on with it. Yeah, actually, I, tend to, I think I'm. A, uh, I tend to, you know, mango eating season is December through to maybe the first couple of weeks of January, and then it's over. But anyway, we yeah. move on. We, uh, we, we've had a good feed. We've been lucky. Yeah. Um, I when I was off, I was buying some um, second grades out in Bentley there, and the second grades are the ugly ones, the ones on the outside that've been scratched by the leaves. Yeah. No, no, no spots. Uh, scratched Scratch. by the leaves. Um, Bad shape, etc., etc. They weren't the pretty ones. Fug- so, fugly but fabulous. Yeah, right? that's right. You've got right. anyone. And that's and that should be a lot of ways that you look at the market anyway. In a, in in some ways, don't we? Yes. Um, all right, we're going to quickly stop. go. Oh, you want to stop? stop, stop. Oh, we are going to stop. So yeah, I'm also noticing down the end. Um, we've got the shepherd avocados have come in, avocado shape, um, sort of thick at the base uh, of the top. Actually, I should say. Um, really, really good avocado that's around. Yeah, there's some beautiful avocados around, uh, mainly two or three different varieties. You've got the big round balls that look like a cricket ball. Reed. Reed. And then you've got these other ones. Now, um, I was saying to you before, some we put a vinaigrette on and some we put just lemon juice. So mm. when you buy it, uh, I, I think the oval-shaped one, you put lemon 
Mm. Or is it the other one? I can't remember. No, I've forgotten. Every avocado can take acid because that's basically because you're having this sort of it's it's full of great fat, good for your fat. Yes. Um, and you need to lift that up, and that's why we put. Acid and if you want to take it to that little bit higher level, mm. just a sprinkle of chili flakes. Ooh. Yeah, it takes a while. It takes a while. But anyway, there's um, great avocados around. The shepherd is a good one to eat. Uh, makes it a great. It's just a great all-rounder avocado, really. Good to replace butter. Yes. Yes, very well, much better for you. Now, <clears throat> um, is there anything we want to uh, mention about fruit that's sort of... Yeah, let's talk about these grapes, okay? Because right. a lot of people keep saying to me, why are the grapes so small? Well, people have forgotten oh. that a sultana, a real sultana, is just the size of a pea or a little bit bigger. Mm. If it's bigger than that, it means it's been sprayed with a growth hormone to make it grow bigger. Are also known as pumped up full of chemicals. Yeah, yes. that's right. It's and we say we, we don't eat that rubbish, yeah, yeah. And they've got a beautiful golden, golden sunburnt colour. Mm. And people think that they're overripe and they're not. They're, they're not. just right. Yeah. And even if they're a little bit green, they've got just as much sugar as the brown ones. Mm. And they're very, very good for you. Um, I say to people, you really don't want to eat chemicals, buy the real stuff. And then they say they're too small. Well, you wash the bunch and put it in your mouth and pull. And if there's any little stems stuck in the grapes, it's good fibre, it won't hurt you. And also, I discovered something which I think I told to you uh, last year, which you looked askance at me, which you do anyway. But um, if you pinch the thing right near the base of where the stem is, it'll just come off. And just pinch and pull and you never get a stem and this was something because I've been eating those sultanas for I don't know 10 years now probably and it was only in the last year that I finally discovered that hallelujah also if you're roasting a chicken this might be another thing you might have told me years ago now throw in some bloody grapes about um, half an hour um, or maybe even a little bit earlier, and they are just amazing in the roasting pan. Or even in the stuffing, or even into the cavity of the chicken. Yep. Uh, a real muscatel is good to do that, even though they've got a seed. Mm. The flavour and colour that they impart is unbelievable. Yep. And that's another old-style grape. Um, I say to customers, keep eating the grape. Don't think about the seed. You won't even crunch it. It's good, again, roughage for the stomach. And the sugar is unbelievable. And then we've got the modern grapes. We've got some red flames. They're a small black grape, no seed, a lot of sugar, a lot of juice. Um, And then there are a lot of the um, uh, newer varieties, Menindis, which is a big white grape. Uh, Pretty much natural. That's not a pumped grape, so I don't mind eating and selling those. Yep. Um, and also there's a the little currants. Robert's got the little black currants next door. They only around for a little while, aren't they? Uh, yeah, only a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and things like red currants, which is a different berry, not a grape so much. That's more December, and that's what yeah, you're putting your Christmas that's pudding, That's right, so they're gone. Yeah, um, but they were a beautiful colour. Um, yeah, and, and this morning we, we were eating nashis for breakfast. Now, the nashi pear, a lot of people don't know much about it. Um mm. It's something that come out of Southeast Asia, different than the um, Chinese pear. They grow a lot of it here and export it overseas. There are about four or five different varieties. They look like an apple pear. Yeah, and the greatest thing is that the closer you get to the stem, the more the acid rises. Yeah. Now, Cameron, just look across there. See, there's some browny ones. Yes. And on the right, there's some greeny ones. Now, which ones do you like? The browny ones. Now, they've got... They're really heavy, and you can feel like they're really full. 
Yes. You know, when you pick up a melon, you can tell how dense it is? Yeah, yeah. And they're the same. Now, I was saying to Joseph, before we were lucky, we get the really small ones the size of a um, passion fruit that were really golden brown, mm. and um, they're really, really sweet. And if you don't like to eat them raw, you slice them and put them in a pan with a bit of water. And when when they get really hot but not cooked, you put some Grand Marnier in oh. uh, with a bit of ice cream Hello. and we're in heaven again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just pass me my bottle of Grand Marnier right now. Thank you. No, no, no. No one touches a Grand Marnier except for me, mate. Oh, no, I can imagine that's, that's in the special cupboard, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, right. no, I, can, I can see that. So that's a little bit of deviation for a Sunday afternoon uh, treat or, yeah. uh, you know, dessert when you're on your own. So you can't do it too often. Stone fruit. Now. Go. Oh, buy. Stone fruit. Unbelievable. Preserve, eat, enjoy, compote for winter. It's get it now because it's it's at its peak. Oh, definitely because there's white and yellow peaches, white and yellow nectarines. Mm. There's uh, summer plums, autumn plums. This is just variety names. Mm. Yep. Uh, different colour, different textures. Oh, Robbie's got the uh, royal garnets from Queensland, eighteen a kilo. People are happy to pay because they want something different. Yeah, mate. 18? Yeah. What are these plums? Well, I think 18 is a bit overrated. But if it if it does it for you and you're happy to pay, you don't have to buy 30 of them. You buy two or three and yeah. enjoy them. And, and Robbie's moving in. All right. Well, look, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. Because we haven't got a lot of time, you got some cutting to do and stuff like that. Um, before I ask you the pick of the market, um, I did bring some stuff from the front here. And I just wanted I'm to... glad you did. Oh, good, because I wanted to talk about the difference between, like, a European eggplant, um, purple, well, eggplant coloured, <coughs> to this um, this variety here, which is um, a magenta to white variegated species, a bit harder. What's the difference in the flavour, taste, and the preparation of these? All right, well, with these normal eggplant, yeah. sometimes they can be quite hard, mm. not quite a stark colour, more pinky than purple, mm. all right? Then they're no good to eat. They're horrible because they're sour, full of seed. Yes. A lot of people keep looking for the hard ones. Now, you brought me an eggplant. It's ugly. Yeah, yeah, no. It's got a few scratch marks on it. It's mm. got a little bit of a wrinkle. Mm. This is probably the worst one on display you picked, and I'm glad. <laughs> no, no, because there's a reason. Yeah. I say to people, eggplants don't have to look fresh. They don't have to look shiny. When they've got a little bit of give means there's no seed on them, they're a little bit sweeter, you can slice them, you can dice them, you can do everything you like. And they are sweet, they're not sour or some people... um, Bitter, yeah, Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. It's Sunday, I think. That's right, coffee's here. with these little ones, they're like an oversized egg. Now, this is a purple variety. There's also a black variety. Now, the, the Indians seem to love these better. Uh, I thought these were uh, an eggplant from the south of Italy, but they're not. They're an Asian eggplant. Yes. But they are beautiful. Now, these are a little bit sweeter. Now, the reason that they buy these, uh, the Indians like the really small ones to put whole in a curry. Yes. Or they cut across in the back and they fill them with herbs and spices and fry them. Yeah. Um, but there are, I say to people, there are no rules with these eggplant like the big ones. You can uh, cube them and fry them. You can cut them in half and oil them and fry them on a barbie. You can grill them. You can stuff them. The Lebanese love to stuff them. The Greeks like the bigger ones. With what? Um, oh, you name it. Lamb, mince, rice, breadcrumbs, yeah, yeah, everything. Again, hand. there are no rules. Whatever. Hazel, uh, whatever. Walnuts. Yeah, whatever does it for you. Um, but 
don't put them in the oven hole and make a phone call like one of my oh, silly really? mates did. Do they chestnut like chestnuts? Oh, worse. Really? They went ba-boom. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and my mate come back and he said, you got me into trouble. I said, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I didn't tell you to put them in the oven hole. I told you to cook them and do a good job of it. And you did and you went and made a phone call. Wow. Number one rule, you cook, you cook, you work, you work, you don't make phone calls. No, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> the missus come home at the wrong time as most of them do like when I was frying mine. Yes. Um, and I got into trouble. He got into trouble because the oven was brown with um, this burnt paste all over it. Oh, he, <laughs> he would have cleaned it up, right? Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not doing that stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they are pretty. Yeah. They are tasty. and Explosive. Explosive. Yeah, right. And the flavour is explosive. When you eat them, yes. they are to die for. All right. Um, one of the things I love doing with eggplant is just slicing it long ways like that, do like big steaks. Yeah. And um, fry and then do a parmigiana. Yeah, that's what Joseph's asked his mum to do. We haven't had d- done that for a long time because yeah. uh, I-, I tend to have my meal and then uh, a one piece and then another piece and then you get so full that, mm. you know, I say, please don't do it so I don't see it, I won't eat it. Mm. But, yeah, there are so many ways. Um, I'll-, I'll tell you a-, a-, a story, a secret, actually. You peel them and cube them and fry them in shallow olive oil mm. and then put salt, pepper and oregano on them and give them a good mix. Yeah. I've served them up to friends and said they're mushrooms and they say they don't look like mushrooms but they taste like mushrooms. Really? Because yeah. they get that texture, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And and on crusty bread, oh, it's beautiful. Il carne de povero. That's right. See? So enjoy The it. meat of the poor, just yeah. do that. All right, um, I said we were going to do nine. We're up to 14. Bloody hell. 30-second pick of the market. Pick of the market, definitely grapes. Broccoli, mm. forget it. Collie, forget it. It's too hot. Yeah. Peas and beans are still beautiful. Cabbage for coleslaw, unbelievable quality of the cabbage. They're so sweet at the moment. Drumhead or savoy? Uh, both. both. I, I mainly eat only the savoy because it's softer and sweeter. Mm. Uh, tomatoes, we've got millions of tomatoes. Not as many as two weeks ago. We had 14 varieties on the stall. Today we've only got about six or seven because the weather has um, changed and the tomatoes are not ripening properly. Uh, we've got local asparagus, not cheap, three fifty a bunch. There's only six or seven in them. Mm. Buy a bunch. Get rid of the, uh, the the what can I say? The taste on the end of your tongue that you have to have it. Hmm. Keep keep yourself happy. Hey, asparagus um, has been pretty controversial lately, but that's a whole other subject. Yeah. yeah so anyway. all right, yep. and you name it, it's out there. So um, what should we do? Get out there. Pick Look the around, eyes. pick the eyes out of the market, go home, cook up a storm, and live life the way it should be lived. Great advice. Come back to the studio now. You're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple FM. Kev headed here. Mmm. <clears throat> 12.43 here on 3 Triple RFM. Something's happening in Apollo Bay. Uh, you might have heard it because yes. they've been... Uh, uh, advertising, editorialising. Mm. We don't do advertising, do we? No, we don't. Anyway, you've been hearing about it. It mm. sounds like it's going to be great as I sort of do those levels and Matt instinctively goes to the panel. Sorry about that. Uh, and um, one of the things that sort of caught my eye was that as well as being a feast for all the senses. Really? Yes. Nice. We, we introduced the concept last week of the cliche jar for 2018, and I think... <laughs> I think I hear another dollar coin just clinking its way. <laughs> um, yeah, look, there'll be there'll be great things. You know, there'll be lobster tails and yes. there's um, there's music and merry mayhem. Yes, clink. Um, <clears throat> 
but there will also be um, discussions. And, and one of the people there is um, PhD candidate Aaron Cummings of uh, PhD candidate of Deakin University. And I thought it might be kind of good to just generally talk about this sea vegetable, mm. which is a marketing term that never really caught on. <laughs> Aaron Cummings, a very, very good afternoon to you. Where have we found you? Hey, Cam. Um, I'm actually in a polar day at the moment. Woo! What's the weather like? Yeah, I know. It is a little bit overcast, but pretty nice. Tide, where is it? Pardon? Where's the tide? The tide is pretty high. The tide is high. It sounds it like is. a good thing for a, for a song. Um, <clears throat> but your mastermind subject is... Seaweed, seaweed. Um, yes. a terrible, seaweed terrible bit of marketing from both of those terms, isn't it? I know. Seaweed. You can't judge a seaweed by its smell. That's what I'm going you off. Can't yeah. judge it, Matt. Have you got that? Yeah. Can't judge a seaweed by its smell. Um, how did how did you fall into uh, the the water of this delicious substance? Yeah. What um, happened? So my undergrad was in marine biology. Yeah. And I think Wait, I where's that? Is that a deacon? That was Deakin, yeah, in Warrnambool. Mm-hmm. And I think I first fell in love when we would go out on snorkeling tours off Middle Island. Oh. And there are some amazing kelp forests kelp down forests, there. yeah. And when you're in the water and you can watch it swaying back and forth with the water motion, it's so beautiful. And you just get a whole new respect for it, I think. Rhythmic, beautiful respect. Do you, yes. eat, do you eat seaweed yourself? I do a little bit. Mm. I've been experimenting um, just with salads, uh, making chips as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, oh, actually, no. Yeah, tell me more, and then maybe we might get into all the different varieties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so chips, also, salad? Yeah, chips, salad. Um, yeah, a lot of them you could just have fresh, even as a um, garnish on different things, like oysters as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that sounds good. And... I've been overseas. I was in Denmark a couple of years ago for the International Seaweed Symposium. And well, they had sea- Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, seaweed gin was something we tried over there. Oh, Matt, just and suddenly nearly it- broke his Hello. neck. <laughs> Hello. Really? You're back, Matt. Um, seaweed gin. So, um, yes. So- they market it as alcohol. Oh, kaboom, shish. Guys, good thing they're not here. They'd have to be putting in the cliche jar. Um, Do do you know what the other botanicals were in the the gins? But did it still have juniper in it? I can't remember. Can't remember, yeah, too many. Um, No, I was just wondering if it still had juniper in it and it sort of built around that or whether it was actually built around um, the seaweed itself. Okay, so if we look at seaweed um, from a historical point of view, we would have to say Mm -hmm. that probably Japan is one of the greatest uh, historical users and to this day the biggest um, devourers of the, uh, yeah. the this weed from the sea. And yeah. for classification, we go into three main species, and it's all by the colour, isn't it? Yeah, so we've got our browns, our reds, and our greens. Browns, reds, and greens. So your browns yeah. are your, like your wakamis and your kombus. Yes, your big kelps, yep. Your big bloody kelps that you saw rhythmically dancing in the waters, which you love so much. Um, What what are the red ones? So red ones is like nori, you get a red nori or the European laver. Yeah, the dolph as well. The dolph. That's another one. But apparently tastes like bacon when... (laughs) What? 
fried. And, I and we're yeah, having problems selling seaweed. Where's Homer Simpson? We could, Homer could be the, the <laughs> spokesperson for this. I know. Well, we do have some seaweed infused beer that's fermenting away up at Coldstream at the moment. So. Can, can you say that again? You might have just got a little bit. Um, Sorry, seaweed infused beer up at Coldstream. It's currently fermenting away at the Napoleon Brewers. Right, and I think I was talking about my buddies down there, the other side of um, Victoria, mm-hmm. Sailor's Grave, have been doing um, some stuff with seaweed as well. I think oh, they've excellent. been doing that. So we've got, so that's the red, and just we just double yeah. underline Dolph, was it? Dolph, so D-U-L-S-E. D-U-L, oh, Dulce. Okay, I was thinking Dulce. like, I was thinking like right. L- London, I was thinking like Dolph, oh, yeah. you know. Really, <laughs> a little bit clumsy, but um, sort of good looking. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, red seaweed, and then of course we've got the the green or blue the green. Greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue green algae is a microalgae, but for the macroalgae, so the seaweeds, we've got uh, ulva, which is the sea lettuce. Yes, that's probably the most common of the greens. Yes, um, there's also something called mermaid's necklace. Mermaid's well, uh, catchy. Yes. Yeah, it's really pretty. I suggest people Google Mermaid's Necklace and have a look for that one because it's just, it's so pretty. Matt's Matt's doing that now. Mermaids, Good. and I hope all you people out there are doing that very, very quickly on whatever yeah. device you have. It's, hey, you know, for most people, okay, so they see, they'll see nori wrapped around their sushi, which is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Um, yeah. But the other thing that sort of crept in that more and more people are eating, uh, you know, next to the... Uh, the sushi and all those, you know, food courts and stuff like that, you'll get these little plastic containers of what is known as seaweed salad, and it's green. Yeah. What what sort of seaweed is, is that, green. and how do you make that? It is actually, it is a brown. It's wakimi mostly. Oh, it's been um, dyed, because you can see the dye coming out of it, can't you? Well, Sometimes. some of them might be, but when you blanch certain seaweeds, they'll actually turn green. Oh. So it's kind of a... Even the red ones? A lot of the browns, no, the reds usually stay stable, but the The pigment browns, if you blanch them for a few minutes in fresh water, Mm. you'll see see the colour change. Right. Now, question. You're studying the seaweeds around the southern coast of Victoria, an area of temperate waters, but um, subject to impacts from, let's call it global warming. I don't like using yep. climate change because I think it's just a cop-out. Um, so what are the species that are endemic to this area and what sort of uses can we have for them? Oh, that's a that's a big question, I guess, because we down here in southern Australia, yep. we're home to the most unique and diverse species. We have over a thousand species oh, here. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, before yeah. you start doing your so Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, we've got a lot here and then... Going with that, the applications for them as well are so diverse. We could go from food to fuel and even making fibres for clothing. So it's just a huge, um, like as wide as the ocean, I guess. Oh, very good. That's very good. Um, and and also sort of one of the things that um, maybe people don't know that much about with seaweed is that, um, and I want to get into the, that three that you talked about, but also emulsifiers and stabilisers in, in food, isn't there? Yeah, so a lot of the reds are used for that, for the carrageen. Um, and here, that's obviously um, a big thing in tropical waters where they produce a lot of different red seaweeds that 
a venue for that product. Uh. Down here, we don't really seem to do that yet. Um, most of our seaweed production is actually the collection of the beach cask uh, bull kelp, which is made into fertiliser. Oh. Bull kelp, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and rightly named. Very big and coarse and... Very big. It can grow up to a metre per day. Whoa. I know. It's amazing. Uh, Matt, did you have a look at the mermaid's necklace? Yes, they do look good. I'll tweet a picture of them. Oh, good. I agree. Okay. They're beautiful. Nice. Instant concurring <laughs> of, of that. Good. Um, so, what, what are you going to be talking about? What sort of things are you going to be bringing up in your talk? Uh, well, first of all, when are you talking at the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival? Yeah, so I'm on Sunday the 18th um, yes. as, part of the, as part of the Sustainable Futures um, section for Conversations on the Edge. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm also going to be talking about how we do have such an untapped resource Right on our doorstep. And diverse, um, wow. Yeah. And very diverse. And just how we're working towards the possibility of utilising this resource, but making sure that if we do get into it, that we're going to do it in a sustainable way. Mm. And that's why at the moment I'm focusing on developing culture methods for some of our seaweeds. And when you say... feasible to farm. Uh-huh. So when you say culture methods, it's a way of... Um uh, of growing the seafood. Oh, there's a better way to say that. That's a little bit yeah. clumsy. Uh, cultiv- yeah, cultivating. Um, and creating an industry. Will this industry be under any threat from um, temperature rise? It could be. We are mm. seeing losses of the giant kelps um, around this part of the ocean. But the other thing with seaweed is it can be used to combat climate change because seaweed is so amazing at capturing CO2 from the atmosphere. It uses it in its photosynthetic process so to grow. And it it stores the CO2 in its biomass and it does it at an exceptional rate. So it's amazing stuff for that. So So it could be like... If we uh, had more seaweed mm farms, we could help offset the amount of CO2 we have in the atmosphere. So it is the ultimate. We talk about mop crops. <clears throat> in yeah. in aquaculture certainly, and and this yep. is the ultimate. And usually, mop crops take out toxins in the water, but this is actually scrubbing or taking in CO two, isn't it? Yes, that's wow. exactly it. Wow, we that sounds awesome. I know. Um, yeah, Tim Flannery just wrote a book about it. Sunlight and seaweed. He talks about it. Yeah. Okay, recommended. Re- what the title again yeah. is called? Sunlight and seaweed. Sunlight and seaweed. All right, there's this on our reading list that we yeah. we've got homework, Matt. Um, so yeah, so as well as being um, a food crop um, that most people would probably the only way that they really consume seaweed is wrapped around their sushi from a food court, sushi. yeah, or, yeah. or a, but a, at a restaurant if they're lucky. Um, but also because of the the phytocolloids within you, we also see stabilizers and emulsifiers in the mm-hmm. food um, uh, process. But then there's also this very, very interesting things. What is it? Algin, alginic acid, um, for, uh, which makes for agar, which yes. is a yep. wonderful heat-stable gel. Mm-hmm. Are you, yep. a, you a fan of agar? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. We use it actually. We have agar plates in our laboratory, so we use that a bit. And this was the thing that sort of pushed the the real popularity of agar into the Western world, wasn't it? Yes, yes, definitely. And so 
alginate itself, you, if you ever get some fresh uh, brown seaweed, um, especially one called crayweed, um, and you let it start desiccating, drying in the air for a little while, you'll see the alginate coming out of it, out of the fronds, and it's so slimy, but it's so thick as well. It's pretty amazing stuff. And I, I think it was some Japanese innkeeper or something that had this um, great eureka moment when... Because to actually extrude it, you need to freeze it first and then thaw it, and then you're able to do it. And it was by accident that apparently that this uh, this innkeeper managed to um, get the process. Really? That's amazing. Yeah, that's just... I read it in McGee, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's not me. I had to look at McGee before I talked to you, so it looked like I, I knew what I was talking about. But... Here's, here's an interesting, and I may as well read from McGee when he talks about it. Here's a good summary for what they're all about. Nutrition, impressive, yeah. useful protein, easily um, assimilable uh, carbohydrates, virtually no fat, generous helpings of minerals and other trace elements. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, oh, God, cliche. Just to say, I'm just going to get another dollar coin out of my pocket. There it is, just a second. <laughs> Um, it's, um, there we go, just put that in there. Um, it's a, a, a veritable, um, great food success on our doorstep. Yes. Okay, stop that. What's your favourite thing to eat with seafood? I mean, with seaweed. seafood. Sorry, seaweed, oh, seaweed, seaweed. Sorry, I've I just lost my mind. other seafood? Yeah. Other seafood with my seaweed? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go much better than some fish. Whatever fish you want to catch, and just grilling that up on the barbecue and having a seaweed salad. But I am pretty excited for this seaweed beer, to what it's going to be like. That could be my new favourite thing. Well, you know what you need to do when you make that or you get that and you do that? Come down to Melbourne and come into the studios mm-hmm. in East Brunswick so we can meet you. And no uh, we would love to do that. And I've got, as a little gift to you, I have a great recipe. Instant Perfect. umami that you can put yep. on everything, and this is uh, uh, via a well, friend of the show or someone that we look up to, Adam Liao. Nori yep. butter. You ready? Yes. Melt, yes, melt I a, do want that. Melt a stick of butter, right? One, yep. 250 grams unsalted butter, just melted. And yep. then into that put five sheets of nori that has been crumbled up with a handful yep. of bonito flakes. And, yeah. and a little teaspoon of, uh, yeah, maybe one teaspoon of salt. And then you've just got this umami-rich uh, thing that you can add. Beautiful on scallops, fish, beef, roast chicken, potatoes. Hey, anything. Nori butter. Awesome. All right. Nori butter. I wrote it down. I've got it. Hey, nice to meet you. Um, good luck with nice what you're doing. Nice to meet you. Um, but yeah. keep us up to date with, uh, first of all, how your PhD is going, but also bring in the beer. <laughs> I will, I will. All and right. yeah, tell everybody to come on down to the Seafood Festival and hopefully I can talk more seaweed. Come on, you, you, it's in you. We know this. So <laughs> do it. Lovely to have a chat to you, Erin. Thanks, Cam. No worries. Chookers, break a leg. See ya. Bye. Bye. There she is, Erin Cummings. Apollo Bay. Seafood Festival next week. Seafood Festival. I assume there's still tickets available. I think you just rock up. Just rock you? up. Yeah, you don't just have rock to, up. Like, you know, if you've got a ticket. No, you have to go home. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those sort of geeks where, yeah. you, where you just do that. Well, this was a lot of fun. It was. Um, and we uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Mm. Coming up? 
Yes, Sunday lunch coming up next, and then of course Johnny Von goes after that. It's a pretty inward-looking kind of day in Melbourne town, so maybe stick inside. Mm, and, what am I uh, doing looking out? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was doing the wrong thing. As soon as you said inward, I looked out. Stick inside and huddle up to the radio speaker. Right. You'll be kept company. The uh, the warmth of electrons coming yes. through. <laughs> uh, it's one. We have ten seconds. We, we need go. to go. Why are we still here? I don't know. Bye. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.